Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective. And today we're going to be talking about the hot talk of the town, certainly the hot talk on Twitter. Elon Musk has successfully purchased Twitter, which means Twitter is no longer a publicly traded company. It means it's a private company. There's a lot of the technicalities here we're not going to be able to explain. But uh, we will talk about kind of uh, the overarching implications of the whole thing to the best of our abilities. Uh, we could use your input, especially today. So uh, comment in the chat, super chat, leave a like and hit that join button to unlock special features. And if you're a member of the channel, show off those cool new emojis you have access to now. The more members we get, the more emojis we're able to add. Here with me is a guy whose emoji is almost a bigger star than he is on the channel. The man himself, he's read a book for every topic. It's Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Hi, thanks for the introduction. You're welcome. So, okay, let's uh, start with the very latest news uh, from Mr. Free Speech himself. Here's the tweet that he, the two tweets really, in the last 20 some hours. Yesterday, he said, or much earlier today, if you're in England, I suppose, he says, the extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. Okay, like he's like, hey, what, what's wrong, guys? I'm bringing free speech back to back in, in style. What's what's so bad about that? Are you are you opposed to that? Okay, fair enough. Then he replies to himself saying by, quote, free speech and quote, I simply mean that which matches the law. I am against censorship that goes far beyond the law. If people want less free speech, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect. Therefore, going beyond the law is contrary to the will of the people. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess we kind of skipped past all the celebration like, oh, cool. A billionaire bought Twitter like uh, the, the market is deciding but we're just kind of like, uh, I mean, I'm bringing this up just because it's the it's the very latest thing. And um, obviously, I'm not very amused by some of that. Um, but also, like, I'm the one who always said, live by Elon, die by Elon. You want to treat this guy like he's God's gift to Earth. Uh, you're going to have to eat your words. But but let's OK, I know I'm, I'm doing all the talking, Nikos, but let me uh, close with this point. We've always said those of us uh, who think this. Uh, the, the cause for celebration is the fact that a private citizen is able to buy this very big company and implement the changes he wishes to see. That was always the cause for celebration. It was not about that he is, you know, the greatest thinker, the greatest free guy, like he understands free speech on such a deep level. No, it was always look what's possible under capitalism. And you say? And I say so I'm reading again that tweet that you read because I've read it three times and I still can't understand what the what what it says. Mm. So, okay, big picture. I'm excited with Elon Musk buying Twitter. He's someone who has revolutionized three at least three industries. So let's see what he's gonna do with Twitter. That's number one. Number two, I remember from my Marxist days because I was a serious Marxist, that my criticism to all other leftists that were happy whenever something like you know big protest or an electoral victory was happening. My point was always, okay, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do the day after the revolution as a, a Marxist philosopher put it? So everyone understood that Twitter is this space where there was this weird atmosphere, political correctness, however you want to call it. The question is, 
how much can Musk actually change? So, okay, Trump is going to be back probably. Maybe Alex Jones is going to be back, whatever. But what is the best way to deal with Twitter is something which is not too obvious. For example, do you make it a site where seat posting is going to be more tolerated? In this case, you're going to lose a lot of revenue because most of the money that comes to Twitter comes from people who see it as a serious platform where they can promote their stuff and their stuff can reach the right audience and all that stuff. So it's not so obvious to me that uh, Elon Musk is going to come and uh, do these uh, uh, things in Twitter that we could all figure out. Because if we could all figure them out, why didn't the previous ownership figure them out? So whoever thinks that they're way more clever than uh, the CEO of Twitter or the team around uh, who was running Twitter, uh, I mean, give me some business proposals because probably you should be millionaires and uh, for some reason you are not. So it's not so obvious to me what he's going to do with Twitter. Of course, that's why he's Elon Musk and I'm not. So I want to see what he's going to do. But again, the, the, the way the right is treating it as if this huge, almost political victory kind of makes me scratch my head why suddenly this has become such an important thing uh, politically. So there was a tweet yesterday which said, Elon Musk in one day by buying Twitter has done more for the right than all, than all the GOP uh, congressmen and senators in the last 20 years. And I was thinking about it. On the one level, this sounds like a weird claim. On the other side, wouldn't you agree that the average conservative has this feeling that this guy, by taking Twitter and owning the left, has done more for me than all conservative politicians together, perhaps except, uh, except Trump. So that's a weird world that we're finding ourselves in. Um. Uh, that last part, let's come back to about uh, who's done more for free speech and all that. But I mean, no, not for free speech. Who has for, done more for the for, right? For the right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's come back to that anyway. But um, the, as far as like he's going to unban Trump, unban Alex Jones, people think this is so simple, right? Like, yeah, free speech. But like when, when there's when lawyers, when very expensive lawyers are are advising uh, Twitter, like Alex, that when that they think Alex Jones is um, causing people to harass the Sandy Hook families, let's say, or or more uh, significantly on legal grounds, when when uh, Trump is being um, accused of insurrection and just the most outrageous things have taken place at the U.S. Capitol and uh, Trump is being investigated and all of that, then it's. It's more than just about, you know, what I believe, you know, I believe in free speech. You 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 don't like hate speech like you definitely don't want to touch this one with a 10 foot pole. So like Elon Musk, he's just like he's having a great time. He's yeah, he's shit posting. He's he's an entertainer and also likes to go to space and all that, which is great. But, um, you know, you don't want to get that close to like act the actual law. you like you don't actually want to get that close to actual politics. Um it, that, you know, that, that's kind of one one aspect of this. People don't understand. Another another thing that, that people don't want to face is that Silicon Valley is like the punk rockers of our time. Like they are the ones who set out to disrupt the establishment. They are the ones who gave a voice to everyone. Silicon Valley people are the Elon Musk's, you know, of their domain. And at at some points, there were many of them are faced with tough decisions and they made certain choices. They said, OK, Alex Jones, he's causing 
he's causing tangible, uh, observable damage, and we want not to enable him. Similar, they said the same thing with Trump. And I know people are going to say, yeah, but they give a pass to the left. They give a pass to the Islamic clerics and all that. You're not wrong. But still, like these are tough decisions they're faced with and decisions that they're making. And it doesn't just become um, an easier decision to make once Elon Musk gets the keys to the car. You know, uh, PewDiePie, the very popular, maybe still the biggest YouTube channel on YouTube. Um, he was uh, he was accused of being of like being a Nazi because he dressed up like a Nazi for a skit, for a joke. And at first he pushed back. He said, oh, leave me alone. This is a joke. This is um this is, uh, you know, this is a hit piece by, by old media because they don't like new media. They don't like social media. Then uh, the Charlottesville march took place and people were actually holding swastikas. And PewDiePie said, you know what? This joke doesn't seem that funny to me anymore. I think I'm going to put that meme to rest. Then uh, like a year or two later, he was uh, he had a campaign. Subscribe to PewDiePie. Subscribe to PewDiePie because his channel was going to be displaced as number one by the Indian Channel T-Series. And yeah, it was a fun meme. And then a, the shooter in New Zealand, the guy who shot up a mosque in New Zealand, uh, had been reported to say subscribe to PewDiePie. And again, PewDiePie said, OK, maybe that joke isn't that funny anymore. I'm, I'm going to leave that 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 meme alone. I'm going to leave that alone. So. Yeah. Sooner or later, even Elon Musk is going to be like facing these decisions where he realizes like there's a lot happening in the world that he didn't really sign up to deal with. And uh, saying I'm for free speech is the easiest thing in the world to, to say. But um, but once you're actually faced with the gravity of a lot of situations, you kind of um, you realize you bit off more than you can chew often. Right. And uh, so another thing that makes it even more complicated for Elon Musk is that he's not very politically pop popular to the political elites. So when you have uh, the when you have uh, the loony left uh, being after you and trying to find a reason, any excuse to attack you, he will have to be more careful, which is the same. It shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be, of course, it shouldn't be this way. Now, at the, on the other hand, though, didn't you get the idea that did you get in the atmosphere that Twitter was a bit almost it's stale for years? Uh, the meme with the edit button is in a way it tells us something. The users wanted it. There was no reason why they wouldn't do it. It was almost as the the leadership of uh, Twitter was a bit uh, resistant to change. And of course, it was all this atmosphere. So again, there's no doubt that this is a breath of fresh air, but the fact that, again, for me, I will come back to that. For me, the fact that the right considers it such a big move, such a big victory is, uh, so for them, it's an indication that the tide is turning. And they gave other examples. They give the example of uh, that, uh, that court decision that makes masks, uh, that takes away the mask mandate from airplanes and things like that. So what they're getting is the tide is turning. What they're getting is that the culture wars are now entering a different phase and now we will have our say. And of course, they do this in a very clumsy way. They throw around the term free speech. And again, there was no free speech issue on Twitter because there was no censorship on Twitter. Harry Binswanger in HBL yesterday put it in a nice way. He said, Elon Musk can add more open speech, but let's not use the term free speech. And I found this very, very nice. So... Actually, for me, this is the million-dollar question. 
are we experiencing in the air? Can you smell in the air that the tide a bit is turning and the culture is going to move away from the grasp of the left? If I can risk a prediction, my answer would be no, because again, institutions, educational institutions and the dominant ideas are still the ones of the left. So this might be some interesting wars, uh, battles, but I don't think that uh, the war is shifting in any significant way. And again, the question is, how could this happen when we see that many people in the conservative right have premises which are not miles and miles away from that of the left? No, they're not far at all from the left. And in some ways, they are echoing them. I mean, I read just a few years ago, uh, Elon Musk was the most subsidized human being on Earth and and a and a voice for the climate change uh, propagandists. And suddenly now he's supposed to be this big right wing sweetheart. And and suddenly now the, you know, DeSantis in Florida going after Disney is a good thing, according to conservatives like Ben Shapiro. It's uh I mean, uh, at the end of the day, this is why philosophy is so crucial. Well, your actual fundamentals are what set kind of set the uh, the tone, set the uh, they they sort of they determine where you're, you know, where things are going to end up. So um, virtually everyone agrees now, virtually, obviously not us, but virtually everyone prominent um, agrees that political power and economical power are basically interchangeable. Um, so, yeah, free speech, quote unquote, is being violated by Twitter. And um, and that's just the way people want to see it. I think um, going back to Elon Musk's uh, tweet that you said you're having a hard time with, you're not the first person to tell me that you're struggling to understand what he means. So he's saying um, basically, I mean, you know, uh, he says I'm against censorship that goes far beyond the law. So basically, yeah, if the people want. If the people don't want free speech, they need to vote it out. But as long as the law on the books protect free speech, it's the will of the people. So Twitter should, you know, uh, include be included in places where people can speak freely. I mean, so it's, it's like a, a clear blatant conflation of political power with economic power. Now, somebody could say, well, no, Elon Musk is um, he means he wants to support the spirit of free speech um, and, and support the will of the people, but not necessarily saying that Twitter has violated the law he's just saying he in the spirit of the law he wants twitter to be reflected um sorry but, to interrupt yeah, you here Ryan, just for, so yeah. that the viewers can follow mm-hmm. this happened because a lot of people said so what are you going to do are you going to allow pornography are you going to allow the child pornography things like that so this is why he thought mm-hmm. he had to clarify this that no let's keep it within the within the law so that's the context of that tweet okay well that well, that's uh i mean that's something that always comes up whenever you talk about free, you know, free speech or open speech. Whenever you talk about people talk about uh, everyone, nobody should be deplatformed. Then people say, well, what about pedophiles? By the way, um, there are people who openly endorse uh, pedophilia and they're not posting pictures or videos. So they're not actually breaking the law. They are using their speech to endorse something that decent people consider abhorrent. I would not give them a platform. If I own Twitter, I'm, I'm banning them. Let them Go use their speech on their own property if they want to try and uh, promote that view. But um, but if you're a, a free speech ab- absolutist on all social media, if you think Twitter should be a place where everyone is able to speak, then uh, I mean, what is your answer to that? If, if they're only using words to advocate what, what it is that they want uh, to see changed. So we need clarity. We need people need to. Um, 
you know, people, right. People need to, uh, they need to understand the, per, the proper role of government is to protect individual rights and Twitter's decisions uh, that they need to make are often basically lose, lose decisions. Like there is no quote right decision in so many cases because they're so there's like uh, they're damned if they do damn if they don't uh, running a social media company is very difficult, even in a completely free market, it would be a very difficult thing to do. And let alone in a mixed economy like the one we have, where, where the lobby system is at play, where the government is placing pressure on Twitter, et cetera, to do certain things. It's, it's, their, their decisions are very, very difficult and possibly impossible. So uh, Elon is going to find out. And look, I mean, uh, beware the Ides of March, is it? Like, uh, I don't know what the phrases I'm looking for. But like I said, 10 years ago, five years ago, even Elon Musk was a uh, you know, was hated by people on the right. And now now he's the, the sweetheart. And in a few years, maybe even in a couple months, once the the conservatives or whoever they are, once they realize that Elon is not what they had hoped, once they 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 don't get it's the equivalent of them not seeing Trump's wall as as fast as they wanted to see it, then uh, Elon goes the same way in the same category as all the other billionaires. He goes in the same category as other you know, wealthy men who control the media. And that's just the way they're going to categorize him. So um, he can have his fun now. But um, it's it's really a shame that someone with his uh, benevolent spirit does not take a greater interest in, you know, in philosophy. Uh, it's too bad he, he blocked El Alex Epstein. I think the two of them uh, run in similar circles and uh, could have been good friends. And Elon could have learned a lot. Yeah, but I, so... Not to miss, though, again, the big picture that something happened in the last years that a particular multi-billionaire said there's something wrong in the culture. And of course, he hasn't got the philosophical arsenal to particularly put his finger on what is, but he said, and I'm going to fix it. So this is something big, and this is something which is, uh, which is nice. So I don't want the vibe to be too negative because, again, personally, I'm excited with Musk taking over Twitter. I really want to see forward what he's doing. If this wasn't a super busy period, I would spend a lot of time reading his biography because I want to learn more about this person. I respect this person. And actually, I've spent many hours since yesterday being very angry on Twitter with the Suads, which is the at least the Greek leftist Twitter. If you saw the vitriol against Mars, that we're going to leave Twitter, that the billionaire, the fascist. And there's one thing that really pisses me off. These people are saying... He didn't do it alone. He got a subsidy or he didn't start from zero. And I'm thinking, you people, are you telling me that if the state subsidizes whatever you're doing in your life, if you're doing anything in your life, or if you had, let's say, a seven, a 15,000 euros capital from your parents, are you telling me that you would have been an Elon Musk? Are you telling me you would have re revolutionized three different industries? You would have landed us to space. So, I don't know, this hatred of, Mars, of, of Musk frightens me. Mm -hmm. Because these people, are, they're, 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 there must be a lot of darkness in your soul to see someone achieving stuff, and your first reaction is, this person is, uh, is bad. This person, I want him to fail. Mm -hmm. it's, it reminds me of this character from The Fountainhead, who when Gail Wynan at the end uh, compromised and uh, surrendered, Ron says, she was happy with his surrender. 
She had no idea about the merits of the case, but she liked seeing people surrendering or something like that. So I'm afraid, uh, not afraid, but I freak out with these people. These people creep me out. These people are morally uh, very, very low in my, in my estimation. Again, yeah, you cannot see this guy and not feel something, not feel mm-hmm. something like, wow, this guy has done stuff. Look, I remember on uh, I was on the Rubin report in, at the end of 2017, and I uh, we were talking about the founding fathers. Or I, I brought them up. I said they were innovators of Elon Musk's status. And a friend of mine who's an objectivist, uh, we were watching the interview together, and he said to me, he "Goes kind of like why are you using Elon Musk positively?" And of course, that same friend today, like Yaron Brook, like many others in objectivist circles, have grown to really. Um, like Elon Musk in a way they didn't before, because like I said, a few years ago, he was the face of subsidies and, and you know, electric cars that are that the market wouldn't uh, want, uh, but for subsidies. Um, now, I mean, what I like about Elon Musk is that I don't think um, he's like Trump in that Trump would brag about his lobby, his lobbying, his friendships with politicians. He was like, yeah, of course, that's how we do business. You know, like there's no, just no semblance of principles. No, no, no part of him wants to actually change the system itself. Elon Musk, he's certainly a step in the right direction in the fact that he, I think he underplays how subsidies have helped his success. Um, we all use PayPal, which I think he invented or, or developed um, in, in order to have credibility in the first place to, to then maybe lobby to get subsidies. I don't know, but um, I definitely uh, would, would love to see someone like Elon Musk say, look, all of us are both taxed, regulated, and subsidized. We're all in this, in the same position. We should all do what we can with what we have, with where we are, and advocate advocate to change the system. Just like the question of scholarships, uh, an essay that Rand wrote. I'm like channeling my inner Honig now, uh, uh, pitch, uh, plugging a Rand essay. The question of scholarships, or right? It was scholarships, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, take, take what you can from the government and consider it reparations. But then when it's time to vote or to advocate for the proper political system, you advocate to change the political system. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, what you, you brought up what's ha- what's changed in the last few years. I, I mentioned to you on this show maybe a year ago, roughly, that I'm sensing a, a lot of pushback against the woke. Um, and a lot of them, you'd be surprised. I said, people in Silicon Valley, people in artsy circles. And you were not, your response back then was not the nod that, uh, that I'm seeing today. Back then, I remember you give me kind of look like that was, this was it. Maybe in Greek, this means, yes, I agree. But, uh, I took no, it kind of like, means... eh, yeah. I don't know, maybe. And I was kind of like, okay, I live in America. I live in the, the two bluest cities in America the last year, and you spend a lot of time on Twitter. So which one of us knows the American culture? But anyway, um, so um, what else uh, was there about like uh, who helped the right more? Yeah, um, just let's do this and then start wrapping up because today yeah, I'm yeah. Right. Um, so who helped the right more? Like, so I guess they see Elon Musk as like enabling people to speak. So these, the right has not been censored. For the billionth time, people have been censored because their act, their words or their act, activism has been claimed to be linked to certain actions that shocked people. And I understand it's not been equal. It's not been the left and the right, Democrats and Republicans equally suffering the wrath of social media, you know, faux censorship, I'll say. Um, 
I understand it's only it's only been Republicans. It's only been conservatives. If you consider if you consider Alex Jones a conservative, uh, to me he's he's in a, he's in a league of his own. He's in a he's in a, a lane of his own. But um, the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's company, a a a a company that is now advocating openly for uh, DeSantis in Florida to use political power to punish Disney's words. Those guys are everywhere. I see them advertise constantly. They must be multi, multi, multi millionaires um, in entertainment. You have anti woke uh, conservatives. I mean, it, like on YouTube, obviously not Hollywood, but like on YouTube um, and on social media. You, the the I mean, you name you name them. I mean, Stephen Crowder has been uh, cheating death, uh, cheating, cheating, uh, you know, cheating fate. For many years now, everyone keeps thinking he'll be banned and completely wiped, scrubbed off of social media, and he, he's still here. Um, I mean, Prager U, of course, have grown enormously relevant and very, very popular. So it's like people keep on insisting, oh, the media, the, the left runs the media. What, do you mean Fox News? Do you mean, do you mean everyone on social media? Like everyone on, on legacy media wants to be on social media. They want to be the Daily Wire. You know, CNN wants to be Ben Shapiro at this point. And uh, Ben Shapiro is not being deleted. He's not being censored. That's why they need to keep on embellishing. If they find a video was demonetized, you know, then oh, the left hates our opinion. So there's, there's a lot of I've always said there's a lot of BS going on. A lot of spin. at the same time, though, there's this mm -hmm. phrase that I like, which says the fact that you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Yeah. And the person who said that um, in was the singer of Nirvana who. Uh, blew his own head off oh so, oh no i'm disappointed well, but, but he I might not be the first that might have been a saying before before he sang it super oh. chat time marilene with two dollars thank you roland thank with 199 euro says i'd like to buy tdo here's my first installment <laughs> all right we're we're taking offers uh jonathan with 199 thank you apollo with two pounds thank you marilene with 99 cents thank you this is a big one theme master with 50 pounds that's pounds, not Australian dollars, not Canadian, not even American. This is almost as good as it gets. I think euros are still. No, no, king. no. Pounds no? is as good as it gets. So this is as man. good as it gets. The oldest democracy on earth. The, the next the, level would be to throw us nuggets of gold. The, the place where they signed the Magna Carta. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, theme master with 50 pounds says this is like a reverse of what happened to Quora, Q-U-O-R-A, Quora. That was like a question website. It used to be relatively intellectual social media site, but they brought they brought in moderation rules and people could say what they wanted and no one was allowed to call them stupid. It's now like Yahoo. Yeah, that's it's true with Quora. It's a mm -hmm. it's. Now, I'm, I'm having trouble, though, to figure out what exactly the parallel with Twitter. So uh, our friend probably means that Quora became too sterilized, but at the same time, the level of the discussion went down. So, but this is possibly two different directions. The, because Twitter became more sterilized, but the argument is that, okay, we're not really missing uh, mm -hmm. Milo or Alex Jones from having good discussion. So the end product is of higher quality. So this was Twitter's argument, basically. For And by the way, the people in Twitter's boardroom, I know people want to picture a bunch of purple-haired social justice warriors just asking how can we stop conservative values and uh, bring about communism. 
But they are facing these dilemmas. On one hand, they want their website to be popular. They want people to consider it a place for ideas to be expressed. And at the same time, they have other considerations. Some are legal, some are financial. So by the way, uh, this is this, I'm glad I, I remember this at the last minute to mention. Um, so YouTube had an ad apocalypse, as it was called, around the time that PewDiePie was, ac was accused of being a neo-Nazi. The, uh, the, a lot of uh, advertisers pulled away from YouTube. And what you saw was, quote, self-censorship, to throw the word censorship around again. A lot of there. And, and that was the end of edgy content on YouTube for the most part, because at the end of the day, most of them want to eat. They want money more than they want to be edgy. So they basically they started censoring their own curse words and they, they stayed away from very controversial topics. A lot of people on YouTube and um, and that was the creators. Right. Those are the good guys. Those are the warriors. And then um, and, but, but also, I mean, to say nothing of YouTube itself, of course, YouTube had that consideration. So it was not that YouTube hates the right. It's not that YouTube hates edgy jokes per se. It's that when Coca-Cola is pulling is pulling their advertisements off of YouTube, YouTube has an important business decision to make. How badly does YouTube need to be the home for all types of entertainment? Um, and Elon Musk is going to be facing similar things. Does, is he going to want Twitter to be a, a money losing company? Is it is it an act of philanthropy that for the sake of free speech, he's going to have Twitter be losing money because a lot of um, monetization opportunities will not be there if if all speech is permitted on Twitter, which, by the way, could include banks such as PayPal, such as your average bank actually disassociating from Twitter, saying, if you allow these Nazis on, if you allow these lunatics on, we are actually not going to let money uh, trade accounts via Twitter. And these are going to be big decisions that Elon Musk needs to make. So uh, it's not as easy as it looks, I like to say. He makes he makes it look easy because he's 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 so cool. But um, but he's going to find out uh, with Twitter that uh, it's not as easy as maybe he thought. It's good to have you, Raga, with your insights, inside the take on YouTube and all that stuff. So this, uh, this, this provides value. And because we are armchair generals, but you are someone who has, it has been your professional endeavor, let's say, navigating and understanding social media. So this is all useful stuff. Oh, thank you. I'll, I appreciate the compliment. There's a lot I don't understand. You know, I have my certain uh, amount of experience. There's a, a lot of other people with very different uh, items uh, that they're that they're factoring in a lot of different data, but also great to have you on here. I, I, I uh, could have chosen any topic for my solo episode, but I said this is a uh, Nikos uh, conversation. So I don't think uh, I've contributed that much today. But anyway, let's stop patting each other on the back. I any chance, any chance I get to uh, bash the right in front of you, I'm uh, I'm going to take that opportunity. So, um, yeah. all right. Coming up today, nothing. Why? Because it's Wednesday and it's the day where in London they have the real life meetups, I think. That's part of the reason. Also, um, it's the day of rest. I'm kidding. All right. Enough with the uh, enough with the uh, stream of consciousness. Nothing coming up today. But remember, it's the exception that proves the rule, right? It's the exception that highlights the rule. Generally, we have a lot of content on this channel. So hit that join button to become a member. Uh, support us by becoming a member on the website link below. I mean, uh, thank you for the super chats, especially the very uh, larger than usual one we got. Theme Master, 
Our, our goal from now on should be $500 per person per minute, but we're not there yet. Uh, we'll get there though. All right. If the left doesn't stand in the way. All right. Enough with the filibuster. Great talk. We'll be back tomorrow with the Thursday collective daily objective. Thank you all again. Thank you, Nikos. And goodbye. Thanks. Bye everyone.